Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am your Congressman Frank, the third most popular candidate ever to run. We are back. We are bad. Better than ever. Here we are. Along with me is... What's up, planet Earth? I'm Charlie. Charlie. Charlie the Bean. Welcome back. <laughs> Frank's in the Bean. <laughs> well, um, it's been a weird week. Ends up things have been happening, but uh, we were talking about it like this week. It... Uh, like what the fuck happened this week? Yeah, I don't. I, I think things are still awkwardly the same. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of that. Like a lot of the news is like updates about, you know, whether it's Joe Biden and all his corruption, and be like, I didn't do nothing, and then people are like, well, we got another person that says you did. It's like, well, we found some money here, and he's like, nah, <laughs> and uh, but uh, there has been some money. Okay. Did you hear about the guy in Utah that uh, that was taken out? Uh-uh. So, right, there's this old dude in Utah. I don't want to mess this up. Let me pull up what the dude's name is. Um, basically, this dude in Utah was wiling out on the internet, right? So, not, you know, not at the gun shop. Not, you know, he didn't have a yard full of targets and arms and things like that, but... He was wiling out on the internet, as one does. Uh, Craig Robertson, uh, so who's facing three federal charges, including threats against the president, as well as influencing, impeding, and retaliating against federal law enforcement officers by threat. Uh, what is that, two charges? And he owns a sniper rifle, quote-unquote, and several other firearms. So this is what... Uh, so right before... So Biden was going to Utah, right? And so... I guess he had done some threats in the past, but uh, in all caps, I hear Biden is coming to Utah, one threat read, digging out my old ghillie suit and cleaning the dust off the M24 sniper rifle. Welcome, buffoon in chief. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously you can't, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> it's pretty detailed. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, let's see. And then on, uh, this is a different one, uh, on a post on Monday, is that? I don't know. He, hey, FBI, you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can be sure to have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. So basically what happened is this guy... Wait, let me see his age. I keep forgetting if he's 70-something or 80-something. Uh, I think they're CNN. I got this article pulled up on CNN that I think is purposefully not mentioning the guy's age. All right, so let's just say... I'm going to say 73, but he might be older. Um, but uh, 73... Because uh, that's how old my dad is. So it feels like something my dad might do. Um, but he basically was wilding out on the internet. It was just like, you know, he said something like, I don't got too many years left. I'm going to take this guy out and do it for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Still got some fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the feds pay him a visit. They're just like, Mr. Robinson, uh, we just wanted to talk to you about your online post for the FBI. He goes, You got a warrant? And then they said, No. Nah. He's like, <laughs> come back with a warrant much like my doormat and uh so they're like oh okay so they leave and then they do still monitor him his posts and then of course now the president is coming to utah and perfectly appropriate to check out the guy who's been threatening they're making threats about killing the president in utah uh but instead of going like Boom. Warrant. Now we're going to talk to you. And we're going to raid your place. And we're going to talk to you for a while. 
come on out. So you would think that's what we'll do. Like, you need a warrant? Here's your warrant. I'm like, we're going to talk to you. And we're going to search the whole place, see if you got uh, a plan schemed up. Let's see that ghillie suit of yours. We're going to use that as evidence. Um, you know, we're going to we're gonna put you through the ringer now, buddy. Um, that's normally what happens, uh, if people care at all. Well, they could have done that. Instead, they uh, did a raid on his house. Uh, unannounced? Of course. Why would you announce it? You're yeah. about to s- storm this dude's house. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, that post, like, I'll make sure I have a loaded gun ready. Well, I don't know if he did or not. They said he was armed when they went into his house. Uh, so inside of his house, he may have had a gun on him or a gun near him because it's his house. For example, right now, actually, I don't have any guns near me because I lost them all. It was a tragic accident and I have no more guns anymore. <laughs> so. <laughs> so different situation. But, uh. But no, so they stormed in there, and at some point after they entered, there was like a flashbang, but it seemed like the flashbang didn't line up, because like normally it's like, open the door, throw in the flashbang. And wait, yeah. And then you go in, what, two seconds later, or something like that. Yeah. But this was like, it looked, and the footage isn't great, it's like a neighbor's footage, um, but it looks like they go in, and then flashbang comes out, for some reason, I don't know what that's all about. Hopefully we'll find out at some point and get some answers. But um, but yeah, he's armed. He's dead. Um, so in the aftermath, people are walking around saying like, oh, let's talk to the neighbors, you know? Like, let's find out about this, this lunatic threatening the president. Everyone goes, ah, he was just the sweetest guy I've ever met. <laughs> of course he was. And like, they're like, I didn't know he said that stuff online. That's kind of messed up. But no, I don't know. He was just the sweetest guy. And they're like, you know, I really worry about his son more than anything. Uh, he... We just lost you on signal somehow. Okay, let's pause. Okay. Sure look back. All right, are we back? We no. are back. Yes. Okay, sorry about that. My camera decided I didn't want to look at my stupid face anymore. Um, but yeah, like one of the neighbors like, you know, who I worry about the most is his son. He has an adult son, because, you know, he's 70s. His adult son who has been is blind who just had a stroke, and who he was the primary caregiver for. So, you know, he's not around to do that anymore. Um, and then, like, they're like, what else can you tell me about him? I was like, well, he's real dedicated to his church. Um, he was basically, like, the right-hand man of the the preacher man. You know, he'd go to church, I forget, maybe or the bishop or something, but he'd go to church often, and he would help with stuff. You know, he was just there at church, active, you know. I think they said helping the bishop. Um, so kind of like a volunteer deacon, which I only know because um, I looked up what a deacon was today. Because when I mentioned the story earlier, Rachel was like, like a deacon? I was like, I don't actually know what a deacon is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, she's like, I think it's a helper. I was like, I always thought it was a clergy person. Ends up, it's a clergy person who's not yet a priest in the Catholic religion. So like, you're kind of an apprenticeship, <laughs> but you're ordained. Okay. Yeah. So he was like a not ordained Deacon in not Catholic church. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so it's like, alright. So this dude is old. An old veteran. Who is like full-time support of a blind stroke victim son. Who spends his free time helping at the church. And says some crazy shit on the internet. 
It's like, so that's the picture we're painting? It's like, yep. Do you think he's capable of putting on a ghillie suit and, like, besting the Secret Service and hitting them with the sniper rifle and all that? It's like, I mean, clearly not. Like, and so that that became, because, you know, when he, he got shot, people were like, oh, you know, threaten the president and things happen. Um, but it's like, well, I do remember, um, what is her name? What's the redheaded comedian that used to do New Year's with, uh, Anderson Cooper? She had a show, My Life on the D-List or something like that. Uh, I cannot remember. You know who I'm talking I about. Know, I can yeah. picture her, though. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, uh, Kathy Griffin. Kathy yes. Griffin. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, Kathy Griffin, she came out with, like, a Donald Trump head that she yes. carried. Remember? I yes. She got in some trouble, but not really. Yeah. You know? And then, like... Johnny Depp at some point was just like, well, you know, uh, John Wilkes Booth uh, was an actor and he, he took out a president. And I just, maybe we need uh, another Booth. And so no one went and like shot Johnny Depp in the face, right. you know? And there's all sorts of people talking about killing Trump. I mean, everybody, I mean, the view, I think, was talking about killing Trump, you know? And so it's like, all right, well, all, none of those are actionable threats, I would say. You know, you talk to them. Make the Secret Service swings by and goes, "Hey, we heard you talking about that kind of stuff, and uh, we might want to investigate you." And then you go, "You know, maybe I ran my mouth a little bit too much. I'm sorry. I wasn't taking it that seriously. Clearly, you guys are. This is my mistake. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's what you do with this stuff. And even with this guy, if you want, like, if you wanted to, I mean, you can make his life hell for a decade. Like, I mean, if you like just went through all of his stuff." You know, made him wait in the car, brought him back to a jail or to a federal building or something, and then just, like, asked him questions, grilled him, grilled him, grilled him, wait for the lawyer, okay, you can go. But it's just like, now you have an active federal case against you, well, now you got to hire a lawyer. And, like, you know, they'll either rush it or they'll slow play it and just drain you, just drain you, you know? And uh, not great. That's a big punishment, you know? And, uh, but for whatever reason, they investigated the guy they went to see him they saw him in person at his house they investigated the guy they got the warrant and then they were just like we're not going to arrest him at his house we're not going to arrest him when he's leaving his house to the grocery store because this is not a compound this is a house and he is man and man eats food Um, and he takes care of another man who also eats food and so, like, he's going to go to the grocery store. He's going to go to the gas station. He's going to, I don't know where else he's going to go, but at least those two things he's going to. Oh, he's going to go to church. And so, um, a couple times a week, I believe. And so, like, they didn't wait for him to walk to his car and go, all right, we got the cuffs. Here's a warrant for your arrest. You're coming with us. We're about to make your life hell, sweetheart. How's this for a warrant, you know? Like, they could they could have been jerks about it. Like, came back with a warrant, brick, you know? But they didn't do that. They didn't, uh, they didn't go to the church. Talk to that bishop guy and go, listen, we're about to arrest this guy. He's been making all these threats. Uh, We think he's violent. We think he's going to try to kill the president. And we're going to arrest him. We would just like to, maybe you can tell him to come peacefully and calmly. We'd appreciate that. That clergy guy might be like, what? Yeah, no, yeah, he'll be fine. You know, hey, man, you really need to come. Just work this all out, you know, like. There's so many ways that this didn't have to be a raid on a house that ended in killing somebody. Um, 
but that's how it ended. Um, so that's, and it's, you know, I'm kind of excited, not by his death or his poor son's future. Um, but I feel like the FBI is like just shooting themselves in the foot. Um, and the distrust, especially I think on the right wing, the distrust is growing like just huge. And I think that um, hopefully it still exists on the left wing. I know when you get to like elected type people, like a, I don't know, like a Pelosi type or whatever, um, they're going to, oh, FBI is so good and all this stuff. And especially the more they're going after like Trump people. Well, FBI is great. Um, but I hopefully normal Democrats still don't trust them because up until a couple of years ago, most left wingers didn't have a huge amount of faith that the FBI wasn't. I don't know, setting up 18-year-old brown kids as uh, terrorists and then, like, entrapping them and sending them to Guantanamo Bay and things like that. Because they were. Um, So if the distrust can grow, we're like, this primary election, you know, like DeSantis is running on kind of a fire every... We got to fix it, but we got to just fire tons of people. Vivek Ramaswamy, who's a third-place guy right now, He's just like, look, he's like, if I'm supposed to be the chief executive and they answer to me, if they're not doing their job, you're fired. He's like, I don't want to hear belly aching about it. It's my, it's, is it my power? It's my power. You're fired. <laughs> Dude's only like 38. Yeah. And he's made lots of money. He like makes a business, sells a business, makes it. And he used to consider himself a libertarian. Now he says he's not. It's okay. I haven't heard all of his positions, but I like his firing people position. I love that position. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like a guy who I like entrepreneurs. I know Trump is technically kind of, um, but it's he did start with a golden spoon. Like it's not, when you start off with like a building in Manhattan or building in wherever it was Queens or something, and he's just like, "Well, can I borrow a million dollars so I can move into Manhattan real estate?" And your dad says, "Yeah, here's a million bucks." It's not exactly self-made, you know. I mean he. He did expand into Manhattan, and he turned the money into lots of money. He did. He also somehow went bankrupt with the casino. I don't know how one does that. It seems like if you want a business where you don't lose money, casino. You know, especially in a casino town. It wasn't like in Idaho. It was in Atlantic City. And it's like if you're the Trump name in the casinos closest to the city... How do you? How does it go wrong? I don't know the answer. Right, but it did. You know, <laughs> so the yeah. house definitely should win. <laughs> yes, the house should win, and people should be flocking to it because the Trump name, Trump is gold. You know, especially like New York and stuff, like in in that era in the like eighties and all that crud. You know, maybe the mob. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the mob squeezed him out, but Trump seems like the guy that would just pay the mob. Let's just let's Keep get this going. going. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Ramaswamy, I think, uh, is a very interesting cat. I'm not sold on him by any means, and you know, I still think there's some libertarians that'll be better candidates. But still, as far as being a Republican, he's an interesting one. Kind of like RFK is interesting for a Democrat, you know? Um, but yeah, so they're talking about firing FBI people. They're, you know, they're hedging and not saying, they're not saying in the FBI. But really in the FBI. Like, 
We've got lo- we got state police, we have city police, we have county sheriffs, um, we have computers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I get it when like you know, an Al Capone could drive uh drive from Illinois to Missouri or something, it's just like, haha, you'll never catch me now, you know, or the all the bank robbers that would just like go through the whole country and you know, as soon as they're almost caught, they'd be like, skirt with their V8 and get to over state lines. Like, ha ha. It's like, ah, if only we had a way to talk to the neighboring police departments, you know. But we have that now. It's functioning. And we've militarized our police. They have tanks and all, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I just feel like the FBI is unnecessary. You know, maybe if it's, I think, federal DOJ, someone breaks the law on a bunch of states, you want to bring a a federal case you can bring a federal case and collect the data from that state collect the data from that state and as a investigator for the doj for that case you just accumulate it all and go well went over state lines now it's federal okay but yeah that's in the fbi if they can keep doing stuff like this like like their trust becomes so low like all this all the all the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden criminal stuff that uh, we've kind of been letting slide. All the, uh, I don't know, all the the weird, I mean, at this point, you just say they were just BS attacks on Trump. Like, Trump has lots of flaws, you know? And he was in real estate, real estate developing in New York in like the 80s. Like, I'm sure there's something there. Oh, yeah. I mean, they haven't found anything, (laughs) you know, because, like, you got the, I mean, that's, John Gotti's around. You got, uh, you know, cocaine's around. I don't know. It's it's the 80s in New York and and real estate development. Like, you can find something, you know, but to do, like, BS investigation, BS charges, you know, uh, the Hunter laptop by all the intelligence officials, that was, well, this looks like Russian disinformation. It's like, okay. So, like, they're just, like, they're trying to bluff their way through things and just kind of, um, you know, just charge through. But it's it's ruining trust. It's ruining trust in them as an institution. And the more they do it, the louder we just have to say, why don't we just get rid of them? Let's get rid of them. J. Edgar Hoover was corrupt. He just liked to wear ladies' clothes and he didn't want anybody to know about it. And now we do, J. Um, but, uh... Did you see that J. Edgar Hoover movie with DiCaprio? I heard. I remember hearing that he got the role and he was going to yeah. dive right into it. And it was okay. The movie's okay. I mean, it was. It was. I think they. I saw it a few years ago. I think they portrayed him as gay, mm. but I don't know if they did the cross dressing thing. Um, but I do think they did that. But the. For a movie with DiCaprio in it, the prosthetics, horrible. Really? Horrible. You think you got Leonardo DiCaprio, you get a top flight makeup person. You know, like whoever it is, like the best. You get the best. We got a movie with the leads DiCaprio, and I don't remember who directed it, but, you know, big topic. But when he was like older, Jagger Hoover, it just looks stupid, Mm. which sucks. Uh, Because it really, like, it looked bad enough that it took away from the scenes. It took away, like, when you're looking at it, you're just like, ah, you know. Like, like bad CGI. Like, bad CGI, like anything like that. Yeah, it was just, like, I don't, 
you know, I'm not in the moment because I'm looking at your stupid wrinkles <laughs> right. and your fake face, you know. Um, but, you know, Hoover, he, I mean, the FBI was just his, I mean, his dirt digging, like his power, you know, and he kept power and he, he decided to get dirt on every elected official. He just get dirt on everybody ever. Get dirt on all the people. And that way, if anybody wanted to say, we think your budget's too big, or we saw you in that dress walking down the street, something like that, it's like, oh, yeah? They go, you know what? I didn't see anything, and your budget is too small. How about some money? <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, get rid of it. Yeah. yeah, it almost seems like a lot of the FBI operations – of, mm-hmm. As of late, are just budget budget justifications. Like, hey, keep us keep us fueled with cash, and we'll keep digging up garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that that actually reminds me. I didn't even pull this up, but that reminds me of something that did come out about the whole Biden crud. So remember how we were talking about how uh, Hunter was painting uh, to not launder money <laughs> after he got stopped from just getting handed cash from Russia and China and Ukraine. And they're like, hey, you can't do that anymore because they're on to us. He's okay, I'm an artist now. Not only am I an artist, I'm a first-time artist, and my paintings fetch 500000 a piece. That painting over your shoulder, I don't know, is it in frame? No, I guess it's not a frame. Um, See that painting? Yep. That's a good, I like that painting. That's, That's a, great. It's a young guy, eye bombs, eye bombs, Jabari Reed. Um, but, uh, did not cost five hundred thousand right. dollars, and like over here, that's a that's just a print, you know. But uh, old Jason Skeldon, uh, but even the painting, not five hundred thousand dollars, you know. And I have other things in this house, also not five hundred thousand dollars, and like some you know great artists, Roger Shimamura and some of these cats. Um, I have just a break. Uh, Roger Shimamura has this print series called the Minidoka Snapshots. It's that uh, the one in the living room, all the small kind of yeah you know, six of them. Yep. And it's, uh, he uh, is American, but of uh, Japanese descent. And I don't remember if his parents were born in America or not, but I think his parents were. But he was, as a young child, relocated to the Minidoka prison camps uh, by FDR during World War II. So a lot of his, a chunk of his childhood was raised behind, in, a, in a prison camp um, by his government, you know? And so a lot of his artwork talks about kind of being an American, but kind of being an other, you know, all that. Uh, but so the Minidoka snapshots are in the, um, oh, shoot, Library of Congress. Oh, cool. But I've got the printer's proof, which makes it even more rare. Than the, yeah, the Library of Congress. Nice. Take that, government. Um, why was I bringing up? Our, oh, yeah, because. Because Hunter's a better artist, clearly. <laughs> yeah, financially speaking, <laughs> yeah, this is worth more. It's, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so he wasn't laundering money. And they said, well, he doesn't even know. It goes to the galley. He doesn't even know who the customers are, which, you know, as someone who does this, like, yeah, you don't tell the artist. But if the artist goes, well, I just want to know, is it, is it, you know, any cool collections I can put on my resume? You reach out to the customer. You go, hey, do you mind if uh, so-and-so knows? And lists that, you know, like, your my artwork is part of, because that's what young artists do that especially. Where like you know part of the so and so collection, whatever you know, it's it can add prestige, um, and so you know that's always possible. But anyway, one of the purchasers was a big donor to Papa Joe. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, 
Believe it or not. But it gets better. <sighs> if I, when did I go out again? Just now. All right. I don't know what's happening. The camera hates me. Uh, we're on with the... Okay. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, big donor, right? So not only is it a big donor, but there's this department. Um, I have to look it up real quick. Um, there's a department in the government that is kind of a BS role. But it's n- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know that's shocking. That's shocking. <laughs> Charlie's falling out over here. <laughs> but uh, it's this BS department that does like nothing. I think you're supposed to be like a global liaison or something. I'm gonna, hold on, I gotta just. I want to find the name. That whole title liaison kills me. Oh sure, let's see, Hunter. Justified position. Oh, yeah, art. Corrupt department. Oh. So, uh, so anyway, there's this department, and it's only has uh, two. This is not what I want at all. Okay, whatever. Oh, here it is. Government job handed to. Okay, so it's federal commission. Uh, da, 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 where is it called? Pop-ups. Pop-ups. All right. Pop-ups. Pointed to by President the Commission for the Preservation of American Heritage Abroad. The Commission for the Preservation of American America's History Heritage Abroad. So that's that's this job. It's federally paid. It's a six-figure job. And basically you're the director of it and you have an assistant and you go around. Um, so the problem is people always use it. It's like, so you make, you know, 150 grand or whatever. And, uh, and you got a uh, person that works at the administrative assistant, you know, um, it's considered, I think it's considered a part-time job even for, even with that salary. It's a two person department, two part, uh, commission. Commi- oh, I'm sorry. Commission. <laughs> yep. Just two people, uh, to preserve America's heritage <laughs> okay. abroad. Um, but yeah, so you get bit, but it, the the thing is, like over the years, it has been very corrupt. Um, people have used it to build, like say you're maybe you're into banking or investments, you know. Well, now you get to go to Saudi Arabia, and you're not Charlie Investment King of Saint Pete. You are the government. You're a government liaison. You're the executive of the Commission for America's Heritage Abroad. Also, you're great with investments. And so you go and you meet, and you're just like, hey, look, I want to meet in official capacity, talk about our heritage abroad, and just, you know, squeeze by. By the way, I got this fund. You know, I got this fund. <laughs> 15% returns. Just saying. Anyway, but so that's how people have used it a lot, to build whatever the business is. Um, in some cases, um, they've been, they've had, like, a lobbying firm, where it's just like, there's one cat who... Had a lobbying firm, like he was a lobbyist, um, and he would uh, his uh, his assistant or his admin ended up whistleblowing on him because it's like, look, you know, it he doesn't even do the whatever it is one day a week or whatever. Like he uses his his federal office for his lobbying company. <laughs> yeah, and so and then he goes to visit people and he lobby. He's like, hey, I should be your lobbyist. Why? I'm already in the government. Who's better to lobby for? 
on your part for the government. And then, you know, you, you do all your kind of corrupt stuff and you just stack money to the ceiling. And uh, I think it was the same guy, or maybe a couple of them, who would send in fake invoices uh, where basically they would have, uh, it would be an individual or an independent contractor. Uh, so they'd set up a thing, and they'd be a contractor. They have a, this contractor over there, their relative or whatever, and they just submit all these phony invoices in order to make sure their commission uh, used up all the budgeted funds, so that then they would get the same funds plus you know the two percent or whatever that happens every year in baseline budgeting, and uh, and so anyway, one of the guys that bought the artwork from Hunter, who. Uh, gave money heavily to old Joe, apparently in Hunter's emails, is that they asked him to be appointed to this historically corrupt commission. And he was. And so he got appointed to that. And so it's just, um, that was just a fun little thing. We've got this two-person commission with some sort of crazy budget where you have to, like, fake invoices to spend all, like, you just can't spend all the money they budget for it. I mean, because theoretically, you could just go all over the world. And I guess that's not enough. It's just not enough. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you mentioned uh, mentioned all the, the government stuff like that. Remind me of... Oh, budget justification. Yeah, but, yeah. well, yeah, it's just like, you know, <laughs> not only are people spending whatever they want, justifying their budgets, doing whatever the hell. There's whole... We've got very important people appointed by the president for being friends. And they fake invoices to do it. I mean, they just do whatever they want. Just give me that money. And it's not like they get caught in real time. They get caught back when. At that point, the money's already spent. Whatever. Sorry. Sorry, you want the money back? I don't have it. Sorry. <laughs> you know. So that's a nice little twist. Um, what was my other... So the... Uh... Oh, this is a fun... So Rand Paul reached out to... Uh, U.S. attorney to probe Fauci. Basically, he's trying to get a federal investigation going into criminal charges for Fauci for lying to Congress. Um, here, just to read real quick from the Post, uh, New York Post. Uh, Senator Rand Paul has asked top federal prosecutor for Washington, D.C. to investigate Dr. Anthony Fauci for allegedly lying to Congress about his knowledge of U.S.-funded coronavirus research in Wuhan. Uh, Paul requested U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves on Monday to consider charging Fauci for making false statements in May 2021, uh, Senate testimony, about government's uh, grants for gain-of-function research in Wuhan labs. Um, yeah, it goes on from there. But that would be fun. That would be fun if Fauci's going to actually be, like, trotted up on criminal charges. I would love that. Especially during the election coming up. Yeah, I mean that might that that might be their a nice little rah rah thing for for those people. Um, I don't know if Rand Paul's up for election. I'm gonna look that up. But uh, how do you feel about old Fauci? Um, I kind of, you know, as the COVID nonsense was getting more nonsensical. Yeah, I just kind of was like, okay, either. What he's saying is true, or what he's saying is absolutely complete bullshit. Yeah, and that's... A, <laughs> and, like, at some point... Because I was trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt at first, you know? I never heard his name before. I didn't know anything about him. And, like, I was like, alright, so... His job... 
is to give advice about health, you know, people's health, to the president. He's not supposed to focus on the economy. He's not supposed to focus on any other factor. You know, it's not like, will this be good for the schools, for the... Well, he should be thinking about the children. But, you know, it's just health. Just health, you know? So I was like, well, you know, dude is... um, Dude's given that, you know? So he goes... Hey, I think we should lock things down forever. But it's not his call. It's the president's call, you know. So Trump could have said, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. Um, and he did say, all the states will choose, you know. Um, but at first I give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, it's a new, it's a pandemic. No one knows anything about it. Right. Except Fauci. Uh, but no one knows anything about it. It's brand new. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. This guy advises on health. You know, there's another guy advising on the economy. There's got to be, you got to balance that out because obviously if people aren't eating, that's bad for their health. You know, if people don't have a job, that's bad for their health. Um, so, you know, I've tried to give him a break at first. But as it went on, like the, I am the science. It's just like, you're not, you're not. And there's no such thing as the science, you know? <laughs> and the other, that was the other thing that was gross to me because like, I don't know, I've, I've seen science before. I've seen it. But, like, you know, scientific method, it's like you uh, you have a question and you observe and you come up with a hypothesis and you test it and then you check out your results and maybe you modify, but you have more questions, observe, b-d-b-d-b-b-b-b. You know, it's, it's a cycle. And one great thing about the scientific method is the questions never stop. You know, at some point you might be satisfied but then maybe t- 10 years from now, you go, hmm, not so satisfied with that anymore. Like, let's do some more tests. Like, now I've got this other thought. Maybe it works like this. That's how science works. Yep. You know, the gravity is a theory. The th- is it a theory? Wait, the gravity's still a theory, right? Or is it, it's not a law, is it? What is gravity? I, but it was something like that. Like, I think, like, scientifically, in, ter- in those terms... Let's see. I think it's still considered the theory of gravity. Let's see. Gravity. I might be talking out my butt on this one. But I feel like it's not a law. But I mean, really, when you break down, like, the words that we choose to label, you know, like the word theory or the word fact. Right. It's just us. But in in in, in terms of science, like, you know, law, uh, law is like... By God, like we've tested right. this good, yeah. Yeah, we've beaten it to death to the point where we can conclude that. All right, I guess maybe there's a law now. This general physical law. Okay, I'm wrong. Um, but there's there's some, I forget, there's other things. But there are some things that like we accept that are day-to-day um, that are still theories, even though they're like well-tested. And, um, you know, like Einstein's theory of relativity. Um, scientists bust into it. Some Sometimes they're like, Man, he's wrong about this. Like, ah, busted apart. And then you see an article a few years later, like, well, actually, if you kept following that and kept digging into it, it's true again. And did you see this thing that happened? Nope, I think it's true again. But it's like, you know, brilliant stuff from Albert Einstein. And it's just like, that's a theory. Question it. We're allowed to question Albert Einstein, but not Fauci. I'm pretty sure that's why you pose it. Well, scientists pose these theories is so we are forced to question it i it's <laughs> just the, it's just the process you know that's the thing it's not 
There's no knock on anyone's intelligence. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe sometimes it is, but like, it's just, this is how it works. Here's a theory. We got to test it. We got to test it. We'll test it again. And, you know, I think you're wrong or I think you're right. And I would like to test that. Um, but no, the, the more Fauci went out and he was just like, no, it has to be done this way. You have to wear a cloth mask over your face. And it's just like, well, that's stupid. Like, the doctor, there's doctors out there showing that using, like, vapes, they blast out of a mask, like a surgical mask, even not the mask we were using, the cotton mask. like a surgical mask, and he's like, look, watch all the vape go out this mask. Coronavirus is smaller than the vape particles. So, and, you know, maybe N95s. Okay, N95s. Uh, but like, you know, I got little branded masks for the flower shop because I was forced. They had, the city turned, the county turned all idle inspectors into mask inspectors during coronavirus. Like I had a guy come in and, you know, at the time it's me and Al, you know, it's two people in a shop and neither one of us care about any of that. You know, like we're. Alan's been going on the Keith Richards plan for health and like, you know, <laughs> it's. This whole thing is he's a cockroach. You can't kill him. And uh, <laughs> but then you know I'm sure I'll get there that way one way or one day. But uh, but no. So I was sitting in my office. All of a sudden, I heard the door open. So I put on my stupid mask and go outside. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And the guy goes, you passed. I was like, he's like you got your. He's like, is anybody else here? I'm like, just me, man. He goes, I'm inspecting to make sure shop owners are wearing their masks. And you passed. Good job. I was like all right sounds good you know <laughs> and like you know i got them because like there were so many scared customers that would come in if you didn't have their mask like, Boo! and like i mean people really did get a little crazy about it um and like even if you're putting it on when they came in there's like oh okay and like someone came in without a mask and i was like or even with it below their nose it's like man i don't care like wear that if you want to if you don't want to it's fine but then another customer comes in and was just like, so I just decided, like, look, for now, for customer service, we want these people to buy flowers. Or wear the damn mask when they come in. You know, take it off otherwise. I don't care. But you don't have to wear it all day. You know, um, I'll just. But those things don't do anything. They don't do anything. The, the cotton masks that we had, they don't do anything. I mean, to like hammer that point so much, or it's just like, this is not scientific, this is emotional. You know, and that's not your job. You're supposed to be a scientist and you're being you're like, well, you know, people need to know that you're trying and people need to see everyone needs to try. It's like, so we got to pretend like we're being safe instead of, I don't know, doing it. So like now we can stand close to each other because I got this BS bandana thing over my face. It's like, that's stupid. And it was stupid and it's been proven to be stupid. And like. Especially as it muffles your voice and then it causes you to get closer to the person. And it's like, isn't this defeating the purpose? I know. I'm so bad for it. Like, I realize how much I rely on reading lips when people talk to me. Exactly. Yeah, I think my hearing's worse than I thought it was. And, uh, oh, out in the arcade, too. It's very echoey out there. So I'm a mask on talking. It's like, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Give up. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. It's like, there's just too much. I can't. I got okay no <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one time a, a very nice uh, a friend um he's an older guy and he has had like cancer concerns and stuff like that 
but I was walking to go somewhere and I just ran into him on the corner. And he's like, oh, you don't have your mask. I was like, I was like, I didn't expect to run into anybody I knew. I'm just running a quick errand and I'm, it's in my office. I'm just running my truck or something like that, you know. But like, you know, I always had to explain myself or it's just like, I'm outside. I don't have a mask on because I'm outside and it's outside. And like all stats we have so far says coronavirus goes like this and it's dead outside. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, I don't know. It was, is it like I created a spreadsheet on daily Corona stats that they released just because I was worried about, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to see BS information. So I'm going to pull like raw stats and just copy and paste them in before they can be adjusted. And I kept that spreadsheet for a while. Probably still have it somewhere. Um, and so like I was analyzing those stats. I was like, I was really like digging into, I, that was the other thing when during COVID stuff, like I do your own research and where that became something like, Oh yeah, do your own research. Like a doctor. It's like, what? The, yeah. There's, yes. there's data out there. You can read and analyze and you can do your own research. I'm actually, I'm excellent at using like WebMD and things like that uh, to diagnose stuff because I don't, because I actually, I read it and I go, well, I don't have that. Oh, you know, because everybody, you're dying of cancer. Like a lot of people, oh, I'm dying of cancer. So it was not that. But, you know, if you read through the symptoms real carefully and you go, no, it's not a sharp pain. Or, you know, oh, well, no, I don't have that. You go, well, it can't be that. can't be that. And you can go, well, I think I'm somewhere in this range, you know, not to, not to all of a sudden demand pills from a doctor or something. But you go, I think it's somewhere around here. Okay, now I know sort of where I'm aiming, what kind of doctor to see and what to say, you know, what what to encourage tests for, what, what have you, you know, um, like you can do research and so many studies, medical studies, you can read them. You can read the whole thing. Um, you read, or you can skip and read the summaries, you know, <laughs> but like, there's like, there's a lot of information out there. And, uh, that's, I had friends that would post on like Instagram or something about the, Oh, do your own research. If I reply, I'm like, there's actually a lot of stuff out there, and like studies are open source. You really can read them, and like, there's a lot of good information them. And they're like, oh no, I know. Like, they go, oh, you're smart, you can do it. But no, I was talking about like, ah, just other people. And it's like, well, yeah. Once you personalized it to me, you go, well, you can do it. And you go, what about that person? Maybe they might go, yeah, that person can do it. It's like, yeah, what about that person? Like, well, of course that person. I'm just talking about, you know, they're talking about, you know, uh, they just. Trump supporters and their overalls without shirts on, just sitting there chewing on hay. So now I'm going to do my own research on this, <laughs> is what I think they picture. Um, but yeah, during all that, like Fauci, he showed himself to be a bad actor. And then once I realized that he was in charge during the AIDS crisis, when I learned that, remember how weird the AIDS crisis was? Like, I was in, I was in Tennessee... Like, it was in Memphis when it really kicked off, like, when Magic Johnson got AIDS. What was it like in Florida when, like, all that happened? Like, you were in St. Pete. You were yeah. born in St. Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, I'd say the last thing that I remember was um, the utter disinformation of of how people contracted it. Tell that me what. Going, tell me your perspective. Oh, it was like, you couldn't touch people. Yes, I was right? like, what? How? It doesn't right. make any sense. Okay, so it was like that there. Too. Oh yeah, because that's that was the perspective I got from like national stuff, but definitely in Memphis, like, because they would say anybody can get AIDS or HIV. <laughs> right. You know, anybody can get HIV. And like it, your neighbors might have it. Like it, you, you, anybody can get it. And so you're what the hell? Anybody can get HIV. And then when Magic Johnson got it. They were like, 
They didn't say, well, magic slangs that thing, and he tears through some ladies, and not all of them have been great ladies, you know? It wasn't just like, you know, wrap it up, fellas, because, like, yeah, it's it's it might be hetero here, but you don't know where that girl's been, you know, and you don't know what she gets down with, um, especially when you collect them by the dozen, like, <laughs> like a Magic Johnson probably did. I mean... Something about Lakers. What was it? Uh, was it Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah, Wilt Chamberlain. Like, 100 points in a game, 100 ladies in a season. You know, it was just, he just, he didn't die of HIV or something, but, like, Wilt was still, he, you know, he he put it down. And then, uh, was he a Laker? I know he was a, was he, was Wilt Chamberlain, was he a Laker? Am I wrong on this? I have no idea. Yeah, I used to have this awesome picture that, uh, my dad had a buddy who was like a sports photographer, and so it was like an original print, like black and white photo of him, like standing, uh, standing, just standing there, you know. But it was like during a game, like shot live and all that. So like I kept it for a while, and uh, then when we moved out of that house, uh, you know, when sixteen or whatever, um, it ended up being in the wrong box and wow. and you know given away by accident. Uh, yeah, yeah, Laker from 68 to 73. Okay, good. Yeah, Sixers. I had it. I had him. Yeah, when he was the Sixers was the, the shot I had. Um, but yeah, something about, something about them big men on the Lakers. They just... Didn't they make um, people who contracted HIV wear masks too? Prob- yeah, probably. Yeah. And because uh, of spittle. And that was... And then... But the, the, the only safe drug, according to Fauci, uh, was this cancer drug. That was horrific. It was horrific, and it killed people faster than AIDS. Like, it killed, I, I think, um, um, uh, Freddie Mercury. I think Freddie Mercury was given. I mean, everybody was given it that had HIV. And there was uh, somebody, I feel like it was a doctor. But anyway, people would, people complained about it. And all of a sudden, it's just like, like people that are aware of their body. You're like, oh, I have HIV, but I feel 100%. Well, you got to take this mess and get rid of it. And suddenly they're just like, <laughs> you know, they're just dying slowly. Right. And like some people together, like, I think, I think this medicine's worse than the disease. <laughs> and now we got prep and all this other stuff where it's like, now you can just live with HIV in perpetuity, which is great. Um, or you can be Magic Johnson and just get rid of it. Or that boxer, Tommy. Uh, with money. Yeah. You know. South Park said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What was that by? Not Tommy. It's not Tommy Davidson, right? Tommy, I mean, Tommy Davidson's the actor from Living Color, but was that the name of the boxer too? Do you remember the white boxer? Uh-oh. He was a. I think he was a heavyweight, uh, but he was uh, part of that that same era. Um, he was not anywhere near a Tyson type or anything. Like that. It might have been when Tyson was in prison, and uh, and so I think it was it might have been when Mike Tyson was in prison, and so like people were looking for heavyweight, and there was just Tommy. I feel like it is Davidson. Um, but he was he was a good boxer, you know. He was up there, championship bouts and all that kind of stuff. But then he had he was he came out HIV positive, and so you know then it was just like a nut, and like oh my god, because you know some people went racial with it, like well it's you know the blacks and the Hispanics, and I was like well there's this white guy now, right? And uh, but I think that guy at some point he tested clean for it, and like they thought they're like well maybe it was a false positive all those years, like he kept getting these negative tests, and I think they were like oh I think that was a false positive, which like. How bad would that mess right. you up? Right. Like, you live years of your life going, just knocking on the doorstep of death. 
and I can't uh, have a close physical relationship with anyone or I'll kill them too and like not blow your brains out and then be like oops we probably ran the wrong test or something I don't know you're good you're fine you're fine <laughs> it's just like Gah! sorry about the last last years of your life <laughs> yes sir. sorry about the hell that every moment of your life has been as you've struggled for human connection but no but so all that to say that like you know, Fauci was saying the only safe thing to take was this horrible drug that would kill you. But he was also the one in charge of the messaging. Of the, um, it does, it's not just drug users and gay men. It can be anybody. And people were afraid to, like, touch everybody. And, like, and gay people. Do you remember how people thought about gay people? It was terrible. I can't believe that I witnessed some of this stuff. Well, people like, if you touch a gay person, you're going to die of AIDS. Right. You remember that? Yeah. That was just normal thought. That was just normal thought. Like, like you're like, ew, like, that person's gay. If he sneezes near me, I'm going to die of AIDS. And, like, you hear adults saying these things. And, and kids, of course. But you're just like, kid going, is that how AIDS work? Like, you just, if we touch the wrong person, we die? You know? Or someone... If someone sneezes and we walk near it, we die? Is that something that's happening? Is that life? <laughs> right. You know, got six or something, you know? <laughs> and uh, But that was all Fauci. Fauci, because he said, well, I didn't want to stigmatize any groups, you know? It's like, right, but science-wise, would you say it's because of promiscuous male gay sex and, you know, needle use in the drug community? Or those the two top drivers... Of this, like just statistically, it's like, yeah, it's almost all of it, almost all of it, and then the rest are people who then have sex with either the the guy that's been having all the gay sex with all, all the dudes, or somebody who's either using drugs or fucking someone that's using drugs, you know. And so some of them are like, oh, the nice guy next door. It's like, yeah, but the nice guy next door has been on the down low, and he's been like, oh, honey, I gotta work late again, and then just. You know, <laughs> going out for a good time. <laughs> um, but now, like, but that was Fauci too. Fauci wrecked that, and like the homophobia that grew during that, like that late eighties, nineties kind of thing. Like, it took. I think I feel like it was in the late nineties when like people stopped associating like being gay with death. You know, or mm. being or being a danger to you as a person, you know, or mid to like I don't know, but it was it took a while, you know, and it's just one of those things. And Fauci didn't seem to. I've never heard him say, "I regret my decisions." He was up oh, public health and the science. So I, I think he's I think he's a bad guy. I think he's uh, I think his ego is so high, like a lot of these doctors, you know, where it's just like his ego is so much he thinks himself a god, and you know. You just uh, you go along with him, and you're the bad guy, and he'll. But along the way, he'll just wreck lives. So I hope he does get brought up on criminal charges. That would be. That would be lovely. Uh, so those are the big things going on in my book. I I spent uh, the weekend, like I was telling you, it was uh, in Apopka. It was Dirty Heads, Sublime with Rome. And Bone Thugs. And um, it was actually great. Bone Thugs, I, you know, obviously, I remember Bone Thugs coming out. 
And uh, I listen, I listen to some of their stuff. I don't know all their stuff, but they did a great set. They had, uh, they do, they did like little salutes to like a bunch of dead artists, you know. So uh, they start with Easy because you know that's who signed them. But it was like Easy E, B.I.G., Tupac. They did this whole and like they wouldn't do full songs. I'm thinking because of rights, um, but they kind of do something and go into one of their songs. And it was, uh, you know, for not knowing that many songs of their stuff, it was a good show. And then. This is our first time back together, I think, right? Is it? Like, I don't think they've toured in a while. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think they've The way I found out about it is uh, Minus Bone Thugs was in Key West. And so, like, you know, I got uh, Rachel texting me. It was just like, you know, this show's in Key West. And I was like, oh, that's a Wednesday. (laughs) And it's like, oh, but a pop goes on a Saturday. And it's like, oh, well, that's very doable, you know? And then Bone Thugs is part of it. Um. I guess I should not say who, because I've not asked about talking about this. But I have a relative, and uh, she went on a psilocybin retreat, oh. not in like Colorado or somewhere where it's legal. Yeah, cool. And it's uh, it's one of these. Uh, yeah, you work on whatever. I think she was working on anxiety or one of those type of things. And uh, but in the retreat, you have your bedroom. It's a private bedroom, but you have, you share a bathroom with one other person. Her bathroom mate. Was lazy bone, really for real? Cool. So I got a text driving the kid to school. It's like seven forty a.m. I'm pulling up at sixty second and fourth, and it's like, have you you know about a group called Bone Thugs and Harmony? <laughs> and I'm just like, why am I getting this text right now? And so I was like, what, what? And so like, um, and Trace was like, I don't like. What's the deal with that? I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I, I forget what song I played for him. You know, first of the month or something. Yeah, uh, I was like, I was like, anyway, this is Bone Thugs and Harmony. I was like, they're big. And uh, but I, I replied, I'm like, yeah, like why? I didn't hear anything back. Probably because everybody was on shrooms. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently they became super like that. Yeah, she didn't have Lazy Bones number or anything like that. But she's like, oh, this is a song that he showed me, and it's like he's really proud of this one. And, um, but I guess, you know, when they talk, you just, oh, he's like, you're just such positive energy. I just, I really feel connected. And like, so like lazy bone and, and relative, uh, became very good friends. That's <laughs> so cool. I was, I was kind of hoping she did have a number, you know, I text him like, Hey, by the way, I'm seeing your dog this weekend. You know, so I'm just like, Oh, let me, let me holler at lazy. Get you backstage. Like, okay. But ends up, it wasn't like that. <laughs> Uh, but it was a good show at uh, uh, Dirty Heads. Like I saw them a few years ago at the, uh, with Three Eleven, and I feel like they were only like a four or five piece or whatever back then. But they've added like they've got a drummer and they got this percussionist. Uh, in addition to like the like there's a full kit. Um, then there's a guy that will go from bongos to like he's got like a mini kit that's stand up. Nice. And then he's got you know handheld stuff. But like it's this sort of. I think there was another drummer because uh, I. I Kind of had my view blocked, but it looked like there was a full kit up uh, that kind of stayed over there. But uh, he was, I mean, this dude, the transitions were so smooth. And then they got like horn players and stuff now. So now they're like an eight, nine piece band or something up there. Nice. And it's uh, an old, uh, I don't even know any of their names, but there's a guy that's always got a shirt off with his long hair looking like uh, Jay and Silent Bob looking like Jay. Uh, but uh, this, it came out there. It was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, making some money and got yourself a personal trainer. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was a great show. That's one reason for the late record. That is the reason for the late recording today. 
Uh, what What about you? What have you been up to? Um. Well, we're just kind of you know. Emma every day does something new. Now she's putting words together. Ooh. So, yeah, like, hi, daddy. Oh, she says it to me, and I'm just like, ah, I just melt. You know? <laughs> How old is she? Uh, she will be two in two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. And I I find it's two and a half to three is the actual terribles. Like, not the twos. We're already there. Oh, well, she's advanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be fine. Wait for the first time. I remember one time I was punishing the kid. Like, it's uh, before he went to like an actual preschool. There's this teacher who, uh, she was like kindergarten or something like that, but she got pregnant and had a kid. And so she ran daycare out of her home as a kind of a way to make money, but also stay home with the kid. It was great. And so uh, Maggie, Maggie was sending her kid there, you know. And so, but she did have the timeout step. And so she told me one day, she's like, well, Trace had to go to the timeout step. Uh, she's like, but, you know, and he cried, but the good news about that is he knew he's being punished, and so that's good, you know? And it's like, well, that's, actually, yeah, that's a good point, yeah? Because it's not, you're not beating the kid, he's just sitting down on, like, the step from the kitchen into this other room, you know? So after that, I was like, well, I got stairs, like, that's timeout stairs, you know? And so one time, I don't even remember what it was about, but he was, he was on a timeout stair, and he was still young, so I had a speech impediment, and so he's like, I don't love you. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and even though I was just like, all right, shut up, kid. You have like 120 seconds to sit here, you know? <laughs> Part of it was just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, well, I don't know. There's, uh, I, oh, actually, the wildfires in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. That, um, I mean, I don't have a lot to say on it, but, like, that is a crazy thing. It's the deadliest uh, wildfire ever, I think, at this point. I guess because it's an island. Um, you know, 80% of the island, I think, burned. That's incredible. Yeah. I, like, do we know how that started? Do you know? I mean, I'm assuming it's just because of the active... There's always an active flow on Maui. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, they build the roads over, like, ditches that they've designed to, like, direct the lava underneath... Have you been to Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went to Maui like as a teenager, but mostly uh, the, I've been to Kauai twice. Oh, yeah? Kauai, I highly recommend Kauai. So, so you've Kauai, been out there three times? Quieter Island. Um, twice. No. So. Oh, one time you went to. But two places. islands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's still awesome. We were going to get. Like, we went to Jamaica, you know. We were going to do Hawaii. <laughs> it was very expensive to get yeah. out there. Very expensive to stay. So Absolutely. we were like. Yeah. yeah. I still want to do it. I, we're going to do it someday. But I remember I remember driving um, on the roads in Hawaii with my parents, and all of a sudden, this glow would come out from the sides of the windows, and you look out, and it's just a lava flow going underneath the road. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, terrifying, but awesome. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure they have live flows constantly. I mean, I mean, that would make sense, other than and if why? they haven't gotten any rain. I don't know. Yeah, because like... Yeah, I'm just talking about butt. But, you know, we just go on those things where it's like, well, they've created a system for managing the lava flows. So how would that cause a wildfire all of a sudden? Um, but I don't know. Maybe they're having a drier season or something. But it is. I haven't even looked into it. I just saw how many, like, 90 people were dead or whatever. And that's that's a lot of people. I, wildfire, you know, California, they have the big wildfires. And that would be terrifying, you know. Like, approaching your house and all that, you go, we gotta go. Like, my house might burn down. And that's horrible and terrifying and all that. But if you're on an island, like... 
it has to stop somewhere or you're in the ocean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And in them oceans be sharks. Yeah, I know uh Jeff Jeff Bezos donated a hundred million already. I saw that. I but saw I'm pretty sure it's because of his own estate that oh. is on the island. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean what's that come he spent on. seventy million seventy million dollars on? Did he? On fourteen acres. Holy. He's got his own bay. Wow. Yeah, 70 million. 70 million for 14 acres. Yeah, and they put, you know, they put like a traditional Polynesian oh, estate or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, he spent 70 million dollars, I think just the property. I believe that. I believe that. The picture I saw when it was like cuz his wife issued the statement. Of course the picture I saw cuz you know, remember he he divorced his wife cuz he was uh getting freaky with the girl next door. Picture this, they were both buck naked banging on the bathroom floor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the picture they showed, it was just like, it's him looking like him. And then uh, the, the wife was just like, or the future wife fiance, it was just like, boobs front. You know, it's just like, <laughs> that's right. This is why he was like, I'll give up half my fortune. He's like, I want some of this. Um, but, uh, but no, he did. It's good that he donated. But there's, uh, there's other groups on the ground, too. It's, it's, I don't know. It's wild. You don't think of... Um, you don't think of islands just catching on fire like that. It's weird. I know everyone's going to say global warming. And it is hot. It's a, it is hot. It's a hot year. Um, but much like... You know, the thing is when we're talking about like global... Or, sorry, climate change. But when we used to talk about global warming, people were like, Oh, it's the hottest year on record. And then the next year would be like the coldest year on record. Right. And, and they go, well, you can't talk about the wet because, like, every time Al Gore would go to talk someplace, like, there'd be a snowstorm that would hit and it'd get canceled. <laughs> and they go, well, that's weather. That's not climate. That doesn't count. And it's like, okay. But then they go, one year, it counts. And you go, well, should we see what next year or the trends or anything? They go, no. And it's like, and also, I don't know. I feel like we're the we're at the end of an ice age and we're eking out of this ice age. And like I mean, obviously we gotta take care of the environment, and like I'm, you know, I I get all hippy dippy with me doing nice things. I pick up trash and all this kind of crud, you know. But like, my problem with the whole global warming, climate change thing is the answer is always totalitarian control. That can't be the answer. You know, there's the kid that's cleaning up the. I call him a kid. I mean, he's in his twenties, but you know, the guy who cleaned up the uh, the pacific garbage patch and like and then he identified that's like oh there's like 10 main rivers that contribute the most to this whole thing you know most out of asia so he's like why don't i develop technology to clean those rivers and uh and what i love about the guy is he goes no you know people shouldn't stop flying airplanes we shouldn't say you can't do this can't do this what we should recognize is what people people want to go to an airplane they want to do this so maybe we try to figure out how to make airplanes better. It's like, yes! Logic. Yes! Let's make air travel better. Not ban it. Just make it better. Cars. You can make them better. You don't have to do it in a crazy way. You don't have to force us to get electric vehicles. I think hydrogen is going to be great. Um, but, uh, but, you know, but that's, I mean, he's tackling it. I mean, uh-huh. he's, he's doing more than anybody else. And he, and he doesn't even disparage the areas. Because he's like, well, these developing nations, they don't even have a sanitation system. They went from all their trash being like meat and vegetables. They go, oh, just throw it in the river. You just throw it in the river. But now it's like boxes and plastic. And they go, I don't know, trash goes in the river. That's where trash goes. It's always gone in the river. That's the system. 
it's like so his whole thing is like let's just clean up the river and then try to like from there educate and build Introduce. a sanitation system yeah yeah and i think that's i mean that makes sense yeah i mean the the interesting thing i notice is that well the world wants to blame certain countries i.e the united states <laughs> Meanwhile, a video pops up from a year ago. I believe it was Iraq burning tires. Oh, God. 40 yeah. million tires. And it's like, are we the problem? We're not. We're not. Like, we're huge. And, like, our, and also, like, our uh, carbon, uh, our carbon output uh, a couple of years ago was, like, lowest since the 80s. It's just like, we actually care. Really, all manufacturing. Every, the reason that we buy all of our crap from China is because China does not care. They don't care. They don't care. And so, like, if their citizens, uh, you know, die of lead poisoning, who cares? No one cares. No one cares. So, slave labor, let them die. Get that dollar. You know? We can't do that in America. Because you'll be sued and you'll probably go to prison if you take that attitude. So it's more expensive to make a lot of things here because uh, of federal regulation. Um, but everything would be cleaner if it was done here. All of it. Yep. You know, um, outside of people who are just doing great te- technological things. But no, we're not. We're not. We're not the problem. And that's uh, all these like Paris Accords and stuff people sign on for. And uh, people who get uh, in trouble for pulling out of, will just be like, well, we want to agree to do this by this year. And uh, so you look at it from America's perspective, you go, that means cutting our output by 60% in five years. That sounds like it would be a horrible thing for our economy and all of our people. And then for you, China or whoever, it's like, it seems you don't have to cut anything <laughs> or you cut a little bit or you just have to lie and go i promise you know <laughs> and so it's just like no this is all stupid like we're not the solution is not totalitarian control and it's not forcing everyone into poverty like a little bit of time technological like technological advancements like the, the guy cleaning up the, the garbage patch like or somebody just seeking money will be like how can i capitalize on this pollution problem yeah. Okay, let me make something that works, and then I'll get rich. Well, my dad, look, yeah, so, like, my dad, what he would do with, like, wastewater streams is you take, uh, like, a, a DuPont or somebody that has this wastewater stream, and uh, because it's toxic, you got to pay to dump it at so many dollars a gallon. So he'd come in and be like, hey, why don't we filter it through, create a sludge, and then, you know, your water, you can pour down the drain, totally clean, 7 pH, you know, like, you can drink it. Um, it's fine. And so then you can either, you dump the sludge and you pay less per gallon and it's, you know, it's a kind of smart. Yeah. Well, you know, it did them well. Uh, but the other thing he would do sometimes is he'd go, all right, so there's heavy metals in some process, right? Like whatever that is. And, uh, so he's like, all right, well, we, what we'll do is we'll create a sludge and also we'll filter out the heavy metals and we'll sell it back to you so you can use them again. So, you know, it's just like, use it all over again. Here's the valuable bit that you couldn't help but flush. But now you can use it again. And you can, like, I'm wondering with, uh, like, uh, the little sweeper, carbon sweepers and stuff like that people have been talking about trying to implement, uh, where you make them look like trees and they collect mm-hmm. carbon out of the atmosphere. Like, I don't know what the market is for carbon, but 
Maybe there's a market for it. Maybe if you collect enough, you can... I don't know what. There's people making pens out of uh, exhaust fumes. <laughs> like pen ink from exhaust fumes. Really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Like, I don't... Yeah, that, whatever. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do that. You know, and that's the, the, the plastic... Or the, the Pacific Island... Uh, or Pacific Garbage Patch... Uh, that's what they're doing with the plastic is they melt it all down. They they make they make trinkets and doodads. I forget bracelets or whatever. But they're trying to figure out a product that would be something that people don't just throw away. To and throw back <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, but I, I think that's great because like, we got all these raw materials for free. Let's make something. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. We've solved everything. I'm pretty confident. Um, so I am Frank. This is Loaded Talk. Uh, like us, subscribe, please, on the uh, YouTube's, the Rumbles, the all I don't know the things where you listen to us. You know where you listen to us. Hit hit buttons there. Make it better for us. Uh, until ne- next week, Charlie. Um, I had something to say and then I lost it. Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you. <laughs>